Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Tamiyo's Morning and Bacos, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Lots to discuss over this past few days. Lots happened. Let's get straight into it. FA Cup semi-final against Sheffield United. 98 days after the two teams... I mean, quarter-final, sorry. 98 days before the two teams were supposed to meet. You know, tough game, but we had the advantage of no crowd. I mean, for me, it was quite interesting to see, uh, you know, this new formation that Arteta's not trying to push on um, now, the 3-4-3. It actually seems to give our... Uh, you know, people like Kieran Tierney and, and to some to some degree, uh, Maitland Niles, that was right back on the day, a bit more freedom to, you know, venture forward, plus the knowledge of having, you know, cover defenders in uh, the back three of uh, Mustafi, uh, what's that called, Sinach, and I forgot whether it was in the middle. Do you remember? It was Louise. Yeah. No, it's just sometimes you don't know if you're suspended or not. <laughs> Or just in the back of your mind, wishing he's not playing. Yeah. So, uh, Sheffield United take the lead, supposedly, uh, after eight minutes. But, I mean, it was called offside. I mean, I, I tell you, the minute that ball went in, <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, like that meme you see on Twitter, like, <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> yes. It's one of those days. But, I mean, the VAR ended up saving our backsides. For once. Yeah. So, but, I mean... At the moment, Sheffield United were also just dominating the game, you know, filling up all the, the, the space on the pitch, really. You know, it was like making it really difficult to play short, intricate passes. And, you know, one guy that was really, I mean, it's something I forgot to tell you, also one on one. But, you know, that Mac, was it McBurney? Yes, they, McBurney, yes, Ollie McBurney. Yeah. The way he, you know, uh, besides the aerial threat he has, but I mean, the, the sort of strength. Just to hold the ball up for you know, it's not like you know you're watching like a a British uh, Giroud because I mean he was yeah. all over the place making it himself you know big causing all sorts of problems for the defenders. Yeah, and you know Sheffield United really gave us uh, you know woke us up probably by the way they were coming at us, coming at us like yeah. you know they were really on top of us the first half. It looked one way traffic like Arsenal were gonna head off and get knocked out. Yeah, and then eventually we do, you know, uh, get the penalty in the 24th minute. Like I said, being clipped in the box. I mean, uh, there was no doubt about it. Uh, at, at best, I thought it was just outside the area, but I mean, you can see the full contact was in the box. Pepe then stepped up, planted the ball perfectly past Henderson in the Sheffield United goal, 1-0 Arsenal. And he's starting to prove... Me wrong personally. Now I've been having a go at him since we started. You know, paying seventy-five million for him, but you no know, spot kick he scored. But you know, he, he adds to his tally once again. Yeah, and with that goal also came the sort of you know freedom to finally play our brand of football because Sheffield United, of course, had to you know adjust their tactics to, to kind of nullify us to some degree. But I mean, Arsenal and of course were dominating, but. Fluffing the chances when the chances were there. And I mean, Henderson was also pulling some crazy saves as well. Yeah, Henderson's a real talent. I think he probably could be deputy today. Should you know, they end up going to one of the Spanish clubs. Yeah. And then second half, Sheffield United, then of course, coming out even stronger. And especially the, I think we did come out after the half, uh, kind of playing, uh, you know, passing football. 
dominating in, in patches. But it's almost like the latter parts of the second half, we started, you know, looking tired. Um, I think Arteta was again, you know, getting slow again with the, with the subs when you could see we were, you know, that our tails were lay, uh, wagging a bit. And then the inevitable, of course, David McGoldrick manages. It was almost like watching Stoke all over again. <laughs> a Long throwing, flick on, total confusion. Kolasinac ends up kicking the ball again through Staffy. <laughs> And then the ball just loops to McGoldrick, who smashes the ball pass. Martin is who, I mean, poor gag and no chance. One one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Martini to me was, you know, has been doing really well in the, between the sticks, actually, surprisingly, after we slated him so much. It seems like we, yeah. whenever we, we speak about the player, that he tried to prove us wrong. So, you know, unfortunate with that. And, you know, at that point, I'm thinking, oh, no, you know, I'll take maybe extra time because I'm thinking maybe Sheffield. United will, you know, keep on coming at us. And again, Arsenal some, somehow conjured up some sort of energy in the latter part of the game. And as we entered uh, injury time, and this is something I also forgot to tell you or never told you, Pepe gets into the box and I'm thinking to myself, either lay off or shoot, and he's trying to get the ball as, you know, the, the Sheffield United defenders are just trying to he crowd him up and then get that ball on his right foot. And of course, he tries to cut inside. He somehow stumbles with the ball. And of course, nobody really takes note of Danny Ceballos, who comes just bursting through. Almost like just nicks the ball off uh, Pepe. And then, you know, Cooley lines up the shot and then plants the ball past Henderson. I mean, it looked a bit soft, even like if you see that from behind the goal. But, you know, we'll take that goal. 2 1 off. Yeah, I mean, it was good fighting spirit. And Sebeos is slowly starting to, you know, I don't know if he started, if Arteta has worked on his game, but he seems to be a bit more of an impact player and quite, he's making quite a difference in the team. I mean, especially him being a partner next to Xhaka. And I, I think what, what I also enjoy about his play is the, you know, that, that scrapping side that he has to his game where he's going not only for 50-50s and at times getting clocked as well, but... You know, the, the way he's always scrapping, even uh, standing up, he's trying to win that ball back, you know. Uh, uh, but, like, when you play schoolyard football and you're trying to scrap for everything in the middle of the, the pitch, and that reminds you of that sort of performance that you do need because I honestly wouldn't have seen a game like that where it's poised for Urzel to do something and, and to some t- somehow to, to conjure up something. Yeah, I 100%. It, it seems like he just adds a bit more. Like, I wouldn't say he's the carbon copy, but he's more like in a Santi Cazola mold. You know, that guy is not going to, he's not a steely guy, but he's not going to, he's going to put in a fight in the midfield battle. And for those of you who, who like stats, um, Arsenal now have qualified for the FA Cup semi final for the 30th time. It's the joint most alongside Man United. So, you know, maybe we can use that, you know, to our advantage in the semi-finals, but, you know, it's a very tough draw that we got. I mean, it was a, the one team we probably already want to avoid it. Yes, Man, Man City on the 18th of July of all days. <laughs> on your birthday, I'm sure uh, the universe gave you a good birthday gift, so <laughs> let's hope it's not going to put you, your spirits down. Yeah, I mean, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed because the you know, as much as we have had a chuckle at us and, and knowing the sort of strength that Man City have, I just think it's a, 
it's a cup semi-final, and I mean anything can happen because each team is gonna, you know, throw, put all, you know, all hands to the pump usually. And I mean, we on our way to to winning the 2017 uh, FA Cup final. We also had a tough route going along the way, so you know, there's no need to shy away. We might as well, you know, take the bull head on. I actually watched that semi-final replay. I mean, the, the replay, but I re-watched the semi-final. But if you look at our squad, we we actually still had a, a very you know all-round decent team. If you look at the players that was around, you had the Alexis Sanchez, who was a game winner for you. I think Urzel was playing a bit of a better a better game, and you had Aaron Ramsey as well. How we miss Aaron Ramsey? Eh? I, I mean, for me, that as well as for me personally, Nacho Monreal. Yeah. I mean. When it when he really needs needed to turn up, but I'm not saying he never did. But look, this was now a big game, and he almost like when everybody else's heads were dropping uh, at the time, he was the one. It was just him and, and I think Giroud and even Oxley Chamberlain. They just kept on at City the whole time, and I think that is the sort of attitude as well as you know uh, Alexis as well, because you needed that sort of mentality to drive you forward against a team even like as a Man City because I mean they are like a, a real machine the way Pep drives, you know drills them yeah and, and like we just we took that underdogs you know title to our advantage because I mean you know we normally crumble under the pressure but that being said our last few matches against Man City doesn't paint me with any confidence for for that semi-final yeah I think it's like <laughs> averaging three goals three a game yeah so let's draw attention now to uh, the midweek game, Arsenal versus Norwich. Um, this game did feel like a morale booster, personally. Because <laughs> um, one of my friends still um, WhatsApp me, asked me like predictions for ga- for the game, because he was still thinking it's something like a 2-1, and I told him straight 4-0. Oh, well, well done. I actually, you know, since you said I'm the betting guy, I actually bet on Arsenal to win by more than two goals. It was quite decent odds. So, you know, it was... Uh... So uh, there's a good um, games that you know for for Arsenal fans to just re- actually relax and kick your feet up. To be honest, and I mean, look, it, it was also a slightly changed squad, and I think this is what what some Arsenal fans have also been sometimes asking for with with previous coaches, where you don't make uh, you know six or seven changes going from one game to another if you already came off like, you know say a, a solid uh, victory. I agree. So, I think he just took about two or three players out from, you know, the, of, of the, the previous game. But other than that, it was a, quite a strong uh, Arsenal side. And I mean, Norwich, the, the way the game, uh, of course, kicked off, uh, Norwich also caught us cold with that. I think it's uh, so midway in the first half, we got free out of the blue. I think it was a game that we were still dominating to a degree. And then all of a sudden, he just pops up from defense and has a 25-yard rocket pass. Martin is in a deep the post. Yeah, it would have been very, you know, typical Arsenal to have conceded after, you know, dominating against the run of play. And I felt Martin is, once again, had a good game in goal, for my personal opinion. Yeah, he was quite calm. Like, you know, a calming effect. Because, look, there was moments where uh, Mustafi was being Mustafi. And... You know, where he would just panic and, and, and just randomly kick the ball. Because I don't know if you saw some of that back passes that he gives Martin is sometimes. And I'm thinking, Jesus, he's up on that. Because, I mean, it's so much power he's putting behind it. It's like the goalie's already having to backtrack somewhat. And if you're giving like a bobbling ball towards him, it's not a good thing. 
Yeah, I mean, Mustafi's his, his, his passes aren't the the most safest. I mean, we saw he either underheats it or overheats it at times. I think one thing was also a bit frustrating for me in the first half an hour or so. You know, the shots that we were having at Tim Crew were so tame. I mean, I think Lacazette like had a few, you know, what I would put it, just call iffy shots. And, and I think some of, I don't know if it was Seba just also that they had a pop and goal, but, you know, nothing really to stretch the keeper. And also, you can see we're also playing at the game of, since Tim Crew likes taking the extra touch of the ball, they were not trying to charge him at every opportunity. And then, of course, 33rd minute, <laughs> Tim Crow then decides to do a cry turn. But, of course, Aubameyang reads the whole situation and he, uh, you know, charges the ball down and coolly slots the ball in Arsenal 1-0 up. It seems like Arsenal practice at the training is the second goal since lockdown. We had a similar time of thing in Ketia and now, you know, Aubameyang. So, I don't know if it's one of Arsenal's secret tricks that we're trying to break the deadlock every time. And I mean, you can actually see the edging, uh, edge close, as well as if you think of last season against Watford. Yeah. Where ben Foster also wanted to, wanted to pull across his body. And within no time, Aubameyang was there and he just put the foot out and <laughs> the ball was shot against him. But yes, Arsenal, of course, started now, you know, going to overdrive. And before you could really catch your breath, 37th minute, a fantastic pass by David Luiz from our half. And I believe it was Kieran Tierney at court. And then he just played uh, Aubameyang on the yeah. on the run through, and I mean Aubameyang, cool as a cucumber, cuts the ball back, and Xhaka comes in and smashes the ball past them. Cool, two 0 Arsenal. Sleek football from Arsenal with the build up to that goal. And you thinking to yourself, you know, two 0 already. Are there more to come? Or you know, we've seen Arsenal throw away two goal leads before, so you you know, are very uncertain what was going to happen. And I mean, what what was actually a joy to watch, as you mentioned, my prior was Sebaeus just pulling the strings throughout this, especially the, the the first half. Because it, it seems every attacking move or every, actually just any passing move was always going through him. Yeah, I know, I agree 100%. So it's it's almost like Arsenal have that kind of ball-playing midfielder now and kind of Raka, kind of being the henchman kind of guy who kind of protects him, even though you know he got in the score sheet. But, you know, it seems like that combination is, you know, a strange combination being it. Like, you know, I wouldn't have put those two as a midfield too, but for some reason they seem to be complementing each other. But also with the, with, the, um, with the back three, you know, like, you know, going 3-4-3, three, three, they actually look more comfortable or more stable as... A, look, of course, you're still going to have that, uh, you know, the blackout moments where one of them maybe does a gaff. But other than that, everybody's kind of covering for each other. You've got, whether it's Saka, Tierney, or Kolasinac, uh, you've got that, that left side. That is, it, it, for me personally, watching it, if you see the, the, the style of play also, it looks very, very strong and very yeah. solid as well. Because even if, if they get caught, there's always that sort of uh, link-up play where they're either holding up the opponent on the right side of the of the pitch or they all, you know, kind of making those little traps that we all know Barcelona and, and, and Man City for when they're doing stuff like that. I think the only flaw for me, if, if you look at it, that formation, because somebody put up uh, Stettles out the other day where they were, all our attacks were coming on the left-hand side and that uh, Bellerin and, and Pepe at the time in that other game, not, not of course, this game, but in one in the Sheffield United game, they were actually having less of an impact than what the sort of damage that... or 
sorry, Maitland Niles and, and Pepe, and even prior to that, uh, Pepe and Berlin, where the left side is actually doing way more damage than what the right is offering. And I think what was kind of frustrating for me was every time Berlin was going forward, yes, he, he was beating that, um, I'm forgetting if it was now that uh, Jamal, uh, that, that, that left back of, of Norwich. Uh, yeah, no, nah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about, but I can't get his name. He was like bombing down that flank, but every time he was getting ahead of the like the last man of of Norwich, he just did not have an end product, and he was like either overeating or undereating the ball. Oh yes, it seems like Pellerin is almost like he the he the um I can say stagnating a bit at at at, at, at Arsenal. I mean, as I said. You know what he's capable of, but you know with that sort of I mean it was a bad injury yet, but it, it's like all that that with that injury came that uh, all that speed of just his biggest biggest asset was not taken away and it almost like now it exposes his weakness where you know okay he can't really distribute a ball. Yeah, and I mean like you said his speed, you know, the the opposing wing back may, wouldn't maybe um you know bench forward as much because they knew if they lost Bellerin he was gone so second half Norwich didn't make three subs which sort of did the trick because Arsenal of course more on the back foot not not because of relaxing because I mean you could see we yes. were to play that game that we were doing in the first half but the whole Norwich play at that time in the second half they were really venturing forward now taking that extra you know the, the risk of course we were trying to also lead them in a full sense of security, but I mean, at, at one point they were almost like swarming us where we were just trying to get the ball out of our own half because I remember at one point our defenders were just, you know, literally belting the ball up the field and we were actually just waiting for the, the next Norwich attack to come. Yeah, it was quite scary. You know, it looked like, and I said, you know, 2 no up and you're thinking to yourself, you know, is this going to be another one of those games? I mean, Norwich also did throw it to us 2-2 two, two the last time we met. So, I had flashbacks of that as well in that Watford game where we were two up. So, when Norwich were coming, like, I think Martinez also made a very good save at one point to still keep it at 2-0. No. And then, if we just think of it now, uh, Norwich didn't go all out again where they brought on even more attacking players the uh, latter part of the game. Because, you know, Norwich, of course, you know, that they could sneak something. And... Yeah, funny enough, that was almost like the sword that they eventually also fell on because they substitute that striker, Drnmich, he was playing in defense as as we were trying to, you know, on the random attacks. Yeah. And of course he gives the ball to the <laughs> attempts to give the ball to the keeper and it gets intercepted by Aubameyang. It was almost like a the perfect assist, what you would call. Yeah, and definitely. You can see how Aubameyang takes the ball on Composes himself and just coolly plants a ball past Tim Krul. 3-0 Arsenal. I think game set that match at that point and you're thinking, you know, how many more? Or, you, or was Arsenal going to um, put the foot, you know, on the brakes and just, you know, play it out since we will get to it. We have a big game on, on the weekend, but you know, it seems like we still put the foot on the gas. Yeah. And then, of course, Cedric had made his long-awaited debut. Um, in the 77th minute, and I think it took about a minute and a half, almost two minutes, and the ball then comes across from a corner, the ball's half cleared by Norwich, and he comes in and with a left foot of all, he comes in and smashes the ball. I think it t- takes a slight deflection and just takes the ball away from 
Tim Crow, 4 0 Arsenal. And like, and like you mentioned to me as well, and one of my friends as well, that you know, the United supporter, he actually said that Cedric looked so dangerous when he came onto the field. He looked a beast. Yeah, because look, he's not really, uh, you know, stalling himself. Like sometimes if you see Balan, if you don't see anybody in front of him, he'll kind of slow down. He'll, uh, you know, it's almost like take this thing out of the game. Where, whereas, as you now mentioned, if you now. Like with Cedric, he was just bombing down that line all the time. Yeah. You could see Norwich did not want to get involved in that sort of thing at that point in the game. Yeah, so, yeah, 4-0 to the Gunners. You know, two good results after, you know, uh, not the best starts to the season, um, not season, the, since the project did restart. And, you know, we take the, the semi-final in our stride with the three points against Norwich. And, we move on to Wolves, which is going to be a very tough game, in my opinion, going to the Molyneux. I mean, you know, we have last season, I think we got undone there, if I'm not mistaken. And I think, you know, we need to be at our game. It's going to be a real test. I, I think it's going to go with formation. And, you know, if the side has improved from, you know, when we started and, you know, the beginning of the season as well. And I mean, Wolves are really a team that, from, from front to back, they can all hurt you. Because, I mean, you've got a goalkeeper that could also, you know, belt in a few, like, almost like uh, assist-type passes. You've got uh, that Bowley, who's probably one of the key players in defence. Yeah. Then in midfield, actually more attack. But, I mean, look, Martinho is the one that's marshalling everything in midfield. And then you, and then Neves as well. And then, of course, you've got up front, which is even scary because you've got, like, Jota, you've got... Adama Traore, and then, of course, you got the guy, Jimenez. And, and and for me, he does really well. He even pulls out wide a lot of the time. You know, so maybe it's an option that Arsenal could go for because, yeah, he doesn't have blistering pace, but he doesn't get stuck in the centre of the park all the time. And so you could use him as a, a supporting striker because he likes playing in a two. So, I mean, you know, that's possible options if... You know, Aubameyang does decide to, to call it quits at the club. But, you know, don't forget Ndonke as well. I find he's also quite a trouble of some player for um, Wolves as well. And I mean, he's almost like, again, the all-around player, almost like the Sergio Roberto. I mean, he can play in defence, he can play in midfield. And I mean, he can even play in your, like, a cam or number 10, though, yeah. if you need him now to push way forward. But I'm just looking also at the other stats with regards to the Wolves team. I mean, they, between Jimenez... Jota and Traore, they got like 25 goals between the, between the oh. <laughs> So it's a very tricky affair, especially with if Traore has a crack at our defence. I mean, he has blistering pace, so yeah. we're going to have to be switched on. I mean, I don't know. David Luiz in this game could be a risk, especially if he loses his player, because his first, um, it's like an instinct almost to start pulling the player down or hacking the player. So... I don't know. Do we start Louise? Do we not start Louise? I mean, I, you know, my take I mean, immediately when I thought of, of this, like, you know, offhand now, this is almost like the type of game where you must have somebody. I'm not saying you must do it now, formation wise, but they have somebody that plays like a sweeper just to, you know, in case that, that long ball does beat you or your defense, you yeah. somebody as a, as a safe, you know, as a sort of safeguard that can protect. Your your uh, your your defense because I just as you know said now with the whole uh, way that that Wolves play they will try eating it long at at 
you know, to cause confusion, you know, and, and I mean, once a, a Traore or Zota, even when they off, or even like Jimenez, I mean, he looks so, you know, bulky and that, I mean, mm-hmm. solid built forward, an old, you know, old school forward, because sometimes when I look at him, he reminds me really of the Wolves legend, Steve Bull, who used to, you know, was like used to just mow people down because yeah. of brute strength. But I mean, you take Jimenez now, he's got that, that grace, he's got that, that skills that, you know, something to, like if you look at his build, you will never say he's got that sort of finesse touch to his game or that sort of, you know, the real bombastic aerial threat as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be a tough test for Arsenal. I mean, for me, I'll take a draw. I know you're probably setting your sights on a win, but I think uh-huh. for me, I, I, I don't know if we could at the moment. I mean, you know, we've played a few tough games now. Okay, not saying Norwich was a tough game, but, you know, the Sheffield United game, we had to work our socks off for the win now, Norwich. And I think um, Wolves is going to be a real test for us. And, you know, if we come up on top, you know, well done. And I think, and weirdly enough, because of the results going on around us, yeah. top four suddenly seems, I'm not saying, you know, we must focus on it, but it's it's there in the background, you know, few runs of results together, teams above you slip up, you, you, you could have that, that, that chance for the top four. And I mean, for me, that, that uh, to take on Wolves, if you think of who we still have to face in the league, it's it's actually for me a, a a good tester for you for yourself to see how far you've actually gone or how well this formation that that Arteta is using is actually uh, working now. Because look, you couldn't really judge it with Norwich. That's why I said, look, you you know, with all due respect to to Norwich, but I just don't think you could have now really said like, yeah, we we're gonna wipe the floor with anybody coming our way with this formation. But now to see it now being used against a, a class team like like Wolves. Um, I think for me that is where the interesting point is going to come to see how they they deal with our that three four three and how we deal with the sort of attacking flair and the the you know the dominance in midfield as well. Yeah, uh, but you know, speaking about that, Arsenal, you no, know, like you know, against Sheffield United, our result was quite the you know it's not the easiest of places to go to. And if you look what what what's happened to Spurs yesterday. You know, Sheffield United are oh, not a team to be, you know, downplayed. And I mean, we, we got the result against there. But if we can get it against, you know, Wolves, beat Leicester, beat Tottenham. I'm now we're going too far ahead. But like, you get results against these teams now. And suddenly you look forward to the season coming. I mean, with the new additions. But also you look at, you know, where could you be in the Premier League after three nine points against those three teams? And you didn't know above you who drops points. You saw Chelsea as well dropping points to West Ham. I think United still needs to play Leicester as well. So it's there's a lot at stake for Arsenal. I just think that Brighton game could have sold us short if there's a game that comes to bite us. You just the words out of my mouth because my mind is actually drifting. I'm, I'm, with, with features coming up, my mind wasn't even going forward to that. It was just thinking where we could have been now if we had now just sorted that Brighton game out and played with a bit more discipline and a bit more ruthlessness about ourselves. I mean, even if you I know up draws, but even if you had to pick up a point at the end of it, you know, these points all... Remember that season was it 2016, 2017, I think, when that Emirates chat and bicycle kick, you know, wanted for... Um, Top four for Liverpool. I mean, look where they went from that point on. Signed Salah, etc., etc. But those fine margins, you know, are where 
you know, you look at your thing, your club and think, okay, you know, if we picked up points here, look where we would have been. So, you know, that could be a game that comes to bite us in the behind. And yeah. for me, one of the things I want to also discuss is like, Mesut Ozil, you know, where is this guy going to fit in our team? I mean, uh, I don't know if you notice also the last, it could be three, four years, it's almost like the the number 10 role, as, as you would say, per se, <laughs> that is almost like a position that's almost like slowly died out because everybody is now, you know, you're playing your, your midfield three or four, whatever, but you, you've got somebody that plays like a cam, you've got somebody that plays like a, Defensive midfield, and you've got like your three, in, uh, your other two in the middle that that can also do the thing, carry the weight. But I think that the the thing that Urza lacks or brings actually nothing to the squad is that physicality that you also need for to, to play as a unit. Because I looked the other day also at, at whether it's now say Liverpool or City, and everybody does not only they know their role, but everybody is willing to throw the body on the line, and, that, and that's the sort of players you want to like, try to stock up in this team. Not, you know, I'm not, not, no, I'm not trying to just make Ozil now scapegoat, but there's many others where I, I find sometimes we can be pushing forward and really hurting teams, and then we will rather stop, turn, and sort of run towards our own box because the guys are ballsy enough to take the ball on and, you know, go on a, maybe a slalom run or try to set up some sort of lofted pass or go route one or something, just to to keep the opponent guessing, but we got too many guys that are too cautious and they'll rather lay off the ball like with a five-yard pass to somebody else than watch and do themselves. And this is what I actually, I think that this is now what we you've uh, given uh, Seba is now the plaudits because it's not like he's asking for the ball, like give it to me, I will show you what I want to do with it. And he's been like this sort of driving force, taking us forward, getting us in that sort of attacking positions as well as now spreading the ball out wide so that the, wing, the wingers or Wing backs can like hurt a uh, opponent. I think he's given Arsenal a bit more free, or that bit more freedom now to squeeze in a third attacking wide man, like you know, not having to worry about the middle of the park. We can actually do their job with it, like you know, the three four three now can have three out and out attackers. Yes, they will have to work now and then to track back. But it allows Sebayos, I mean, Arteta to have that creativeness of Sebayos and the work ethic around those other guys. So, you know, I, I think Arsenal could have a, you know, maybe discussion with um, Madrid. I know you said he wants to go back, but, you know, maybe things change now because, you know, Madrid are fighting for the title. They win the title. You know, they could be signing. You, you don't know who Madrid are going to sign in the summer. And where does that leave Sebeo? So, I think Arsenal should try to, you know, work on him mentally as well. Tell him, you know, this is your spot in the team. And even though we, um, we could be signing more midfielders, we, we see you as a, a big part of the squad. Yeah, and you know, one thing whose game I, I think also benefits us now is when you think of, of uh, Bukayo Saka, Saka, who's played left-back, so he already, over the time, has now learned uh, you know, the art of defending. And now when you, you almost like unleash him again forward to play as a winger, he now knows, look, I have to sometimes help or I have to double up or... And that is what I think that, that what I've actually found fantastic when you see that, that sort of link up play between the two of them. That's like when him and Tierney are together, it looks lethal because it reminds me really or it gives me that type of thrill, memory trip to Ashley Cole and, and, and a young Gail Clichy coming through. Yeah, 
No, that's, that's definitely good. And it adds more competition there. And it also, you can kind of also, like they've been doing with Colosinic and Tierney, where they're kind of playing them together. It, it kind of gives a defensive buffer as well. As well, they, they're lethal on, on attack. I mean, the two of them combined as well, you know, away trips as well. You have that security as well, because, you know, Saka can track back and he will work back. So, you know, there's, there's lots to be excited about. It's just about, you know, executing and making sure we we, we cut out our errors. Because I still think, you know, if you can show or, or sort of bring in that sort of stability back into the middle of the defence, I think that will be, it's not like the crux of everything. You sort that out in the heart of the, the defence and you maybe get somebody as well in, in midfield that, that, you know, the role that we expected, say, somebody like uh, Gwendozi to be in or... Uh, you know what we expect, say regularly on a regular basis now from from Shaka. You need somebody like that that can just anchor that team in the middle of the park as well. So you kind of you know just take this thing out of the game when when need be because I think that's going to be really beneficial to Arsenal. And and I think attacking wise, we are looking good. The only the only gripe I personally have is Lacazette at the moment. I, I think you know with all the chances he's getting, his mind just does not seem there. And and I don't know if. Maybe he needs a challenge elsewhere, or because I mean, look, he, it's not like he's not getting the chances to prove himself. He's getting all the sort of chances, and you know, the most possible time also on the field, and you just don't see anything. And I know I'm, at times I can be Katie's biggest critic, but at least you know you're going to get some sort of runner or uh, you know holding up the ball or doing something a bit more than what Lacazette's been doing. No, I hundred percent like I said, just like you said, it seems I don't know, he's, he's also like stagnating at, at the club to an extent. So for me it's also tough to you know, tell you this or tell our listeners this, but it, it's like he's one of my favorite players because I mean I like the way he strikes the wall, left or right foot, but it's like everything looks you know, like three or four steps behind everybody else in the team. Yeah, and you know, I did, uh, you can see it's it's falling out of favor slightly. I don't know, you know, how do you I mean, even Pepe is now starting to, I'm not saying outshine yeah. him, but, you know, do the job. I mean, as a striker, I guess you can only hold up the ball so much, but the goals count. I mean, look at Giroud. I know he got slated a lot, but, you know, you look at him, he was there with the goals. And I mean, you can see he's... Uh, it's something that we also witnessed somewhat just before the corona uh, uh, break also, where it's not like he's choking up the, the, the shot instead of, you know, uh, that sort of... You know that free range uh, forward that we know him for in his first season at Arsenal, where you knew okay when when he has the goal beckoning, he knows he's going to bear it. Look at that! Like, if you think of that goal that he scored that time against Liverpool, where uh, Allison is going for the ball and that that sort of striker instinct he had, where he takes the ball wide, almost like wider, and then glances up when he sees there's nobody in goal and he just bends in a, a perfect curl, and you just don't see that sort of that that sort of attitude. In the play anymore, that sort of killer, killing instinct that he has. Yeah, I wonder if he's demotivated, you know, possibly not having the option of Champions League football and, um, you know, not winning as he maybe wanted to be or where he wants to be in his career. I mean, he came to Arsenal with big promise, Alexis Sanchez around him and co. And, you know, like his career at Arsenal now, what uh, does he have to show for it at the moment? Yeah, that's true. But, let us rather just end of the podcast here. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the whole load of football coming up, whether it's Premier League or 
the German FA Cup that's coming up also the weekend, and I think the a full range of La Liga games as well and Serie A. So I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Take care, guys. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Enjoy the football.